Hey folks, welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Innova Electronics. Check engine lights can be a mystery. Sometimes you have no idea what it's trying to tell you. Some people will cover it up or unplug it, just dismiss it as a mystery. With Innova, you can easily identify both the problem and see what it takes to fix it, like having a personal mechanic in your pocket. Step one, you scan the code. Connect your Innova ODB scanner, ODB, OBD onboard diagnostic tool and use features like hotkeys and patented all-in-one display scan your vehicle's onboard computers to detect for any malfunctions in step two you can verify with innova's all-new repair solutions 2 mobile app you now have access for free to over 60 million fixed solutions that are verified for accuracy by real asc certified technicians in step three you can fix it it doesn't just stop there repair solutions 2 is is the complete solution. In the app, you'll find troubleshooting information and even be able to order the right parts for the job. If you've still got questions, Innova's USA-based customer support team is always available to help six days a week. Innova tools speak your car's language so you don't have to. You can buy Innova tools at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, or any other number of brick-and-mortar shops, but if you use code TST at Innova.com, it's I-N-N-O-V-A dot com. Use code TST and get 20% off and free shipping. That's code TST at Innova, I-N-N-O-V-A dot com, and get 20% off free shipping. Innova Electronics. Find the problem. Fix the problem. Innova dot com. We are also brought to you by my favorite sunglasses, Dylan Optics, right here in Arizona. Not here, but like America here. Uh, they have the coolest lenses. They don't just look unique with their sort of fogged up anti-reflective material. They actually work great. Dylan Optics are like having HD life. I'm out in the desert filming up in the mountains, driving sometimes 8, 10 hours a day. My eyes would be super trashed if I didn't have a good pair of Dylan Optics on every time I got in the car. If you go to our website, thesmokingtire.com, and you click on the Partners tab, you'll see that Dylan Optics banner right there. Use that to get your Dylan Optics, and we will send you a free Smoking Tire t-shirt for your trouble for supporting the people who support us. If you go to thesmokingtire.com and click on that banner, we will get you a t-shirt for supporting the people who support us. But, and also, you get yourself a really kick-ass pair of sunglasses. They've got aviator frames, plastic frames, all different kinds of color uh, lens combinations. You can really kind of customize it to your uh, desired combo to fit with any outfit. And we love our Dylan Optics sunglasses here at the show. Lastly, of course, proud to say this one, first one of the year, we are brought to you by Tradecraft Farms, the official ganja of the Smoking Tire podcast. Boy, does that feel nice. These guys make some really, really excellent products for uh, relaxing the mind and getting in touch with the body. And they just, they smell good and they're sticky. All the things you're looking for in a good weed. If you're not in California, then I'm sorry to say this may not help you so much. But they have a great Instagram. Follow them at uh, the Tradecraft Farms Instagram. You've got it on the screen. It's going to be in the description of all of our podcast episodes for the year. Yes, it's nice to be sponsored by weed. Tradecraft Farms is the official ganja of the Smoke Entire Podcast. Hell to the yes it is. Ha <laughs> ha! All right, on this episode, my friend, Bozi Taterovic, Serbian immigrant, 
master, I don't know if he's a master mechanic technically by resume, but he's certainly good at fucking fixing shit, swapping engines, finding interesting things about cars on the internet, and he's the king of what we call weird car Twitter. And uh, he's always a, always a great time talking to this dude. He's now got a gig working in on an IMSA team, which is amazing. Done. Come up. And uh, happy to get him via the uh, satellite on the show. Bozy Tatarovich on the Smoking Tire Podcast. Well, welcome. Bozy in the yeah. his house. Bozy remote from North Carolina. Is Are we in North Carolina right now? I am in High Point, North Carolina. Uh, and uh, we are live. Ah, good to see you, my friend. You're looking uh, fit, well. Uh, How's I've everything? Everything is actually really good. I've uh, I've I've uh, done my uh, little quarantine uh, diet and exercise, and I've actually gotten healthier this year. Uh, so it's been good. Dude, good man. Me too. My doctor was like, some people uh, some people have used their pandemic time wisely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen your pictures, man. Yeah, you're looking good. I went down, down, and then I went down, and then I bounced. There's been a bounce. We're right, right now. We're here. <laughs> back here yeah. was like September, and now we're here, yeah. which is a bounce back up slightly. Fuck, you know what happened? They let me travel again a little bit, and that was not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you, when you can't have the hotel gym on the road, all the hotel gyms are closed, so now you can't work out on the road. You're still drinking. But you're not going to the fucking gym at all. It's a problem. Yeah, you're not making that calorie deficit. It's just stuff coming in, but not stuff going out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You still want to oh. eat fried food because you're near racetracks and like that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's 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 kind of you know my thing is you know I try to eat healthy, but then like you know especially like racetrack stuff, you get together with friends. It's nice, you know, to you know have some cheese fries or <laughs> some wings or something, you know, with your beer. If, For you, it's you the know, biscuits. Yeah, oh, definitely the biscuits. But the, uh, the biscuit enthusiasm is like very strong. Yeah, yeah. well, you, 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 you'll see. I have, I have actually, I have some stuff coming on that. I actually have biscuit merch coming. So oh, biscuit merch. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna fuck with the biscuit merch. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm definitely gonna get some. We're gonna blow it yeah. up. Yeah, I'll send you some stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm partnering with some uh, with some of the uh, style aesthetic that does a lot of the sports car stuff, and we're doing a whole line of things. So I'm pretty. Oh, excited. really? Is it gonna look yeah. like professional racing team like merch, but just for yeah. biscuits? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so the, awesome. All, all my Twitter bits, biscuits, the honey stand, all that stuff. We're gonna do a whole 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 thing there. It's gonna be awesome, dude. Speaking of merch, you notice what I'm wearing right now? This is what I'm wearing. Is my first ever merch this is from 2005 and these are ralph lauren uh waffle like thermal shirts and i had new york motor club patches made and new york motor club was the car wash that me and larry owned together and then i got other like famous car i've got a cobra one i've got a ferrari one and this looks like i could have worn it in the pits in lama in 1968 but i made this in harrison new york in 2005 it's my that's, first that's ever merch. Legit. Still got it's got there's got a big hole in the sleeve. It's really it's really really hanging on by a thread, literally. But, but it's hey, fun, man. We, it's, hey, the merch is it sentimental. Works. Hey, it works and it looks cool. I'm actually wearing a blip blipshift shirt from like two or three years ago because uh, I, I I had gotten a little bit bigger and I couldn't fit in this stuff, but I still had it in the closet. So now I'm able to this older stuff out and wear it. Blipshift.com slash TST. Fucking plug it. See, there you go. Plug it. There you go. There you go. See, this, we have synergy here. So for people who are like, who is this 
random Eastern European. Bozy is the king of weird car Twitter. Weird car Twitter is a collection of individuals that discuss discuss weird cars and weird aspects of weird cars on Twitter, right? This is this is a, a, na- a perfect name for the thing that it is. And Bozy's the king of it because he can like you could put a part, a picture of a part, and he could tell you like what he's like a parts savant. He's like a parts sharing savant. He digs through patents and he finds information that is far too nerdy for the average person to take their time to find. But the average car enthusiast would love to see summarized as long as someone else found it. <laughs> and there is a niche. <laughs> Sounds for this like type beyond scavenging. It's a great content. Absolutely. Yeah. Follow Bozy on Twitter. It's it's the, the little things definitely add up, and I mean it's a lot of that's just my own nerdy personal interest. And then I was like, maybe other people want to see this, and then I shared a little bit. People are like, cool. So then I actually started using it in stories, and people really uh, really latched onto it. So it's it's kind of worked out. And I mean, it's I found that interesting, and it turns out there's a whole group of other people that also find it interesting. Yeah, and you use it to like work your way into like professional racing teams pit crews, <laughs> like which is pretty awesome. Like that is a good angle to take to get you in a club. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a combination of everything, and I you know I mean we've known each other for a few years, and you you know you know how we met. You know we met with uh, the MX Five Cup car when you know Jack and Charlie bought it, and you know we met in that house, and that was you know kind of my transition from just wrenching on cars and doing the occasional, you know, track day alignment to like, let's figure out this full out race car. So it's, for me, it's just kind of, my, my, my policy has always been just kind of try new stuff and be nice to people and see what happens. And it's, it's tended to work out where, you know, I've, I've gone from, and, you know, working on just, you know, Miatas and AER cars to now working on the, in the top level of IMSA, which is, you know, pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like your Instagram shots of like the sidelines of races are, are fun because I know it's you. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm like looking at like Larry Chen capturing IMSA. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's Bozy's. Bozy's over there. wonder if he's got biscuits. <laughs> I'm like, I, like, if Dale Earnhardt was alive today, he'd be like, Bozy, where do, where do I get biscuits around here? <laughs> Bro, hook me yeah. up. We've we've actually had decently good catering. I think uh, <laughs> since, I, since I joined the, the Lexus uh, Lexus program with uh, Vassar Sullivan, we've had biscuits for at least one breakfast at every race. Awesome. So it's actually kind of worked out well. And I, I, I've done a, even a whole bit from the races just on food called my little snack view. So I'll, I'll take pictures of the food and take pictures of the snacks that we have basically, you know, to carb up during the race for long races. And then uh, I'll have, I usually I'll have a GoPro mounted on my helmet for the video people. And then I also use that for my own feed where I'll post video of me walking around like between pit stops <laughs> going to get snacks, which, you know, people want just, you know, cause they don't usually get to see stuff behind the scenes. I like that you can like, from the bottom up, bend the catering to your will. <laughs> like, if you're going to affect something on a race team, the catering <laughs> is a really good place to start. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, being well fed, you know, works out. But you could affect uh, the morale of the whole team that's, that way. That's what I was thinking. Keep the crew happy. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh shit, man! They're fucking. They got good food this year. We're going to fucking win. We're good." <laughs> <laughs> it, it all works together, but. 
the the team, especially with Vassar Sullivan and the G, Lexus RCF GT3 GTD program, it's it's actually helped me be healthier because I was kind of on a trend of trying to eat healthy during quarantine. And then once I joined up with these guys, just because it's such an elite level of sports car racing and the pits are just so, you know, you have to be so fast and so good that like it motivated me to be faster just so I could be a better part of the team. And just doing these long races, I mean, on an average race weekend with these, you know, 10 or 12 hour long races in three days, I may walk like, you know, I don't know, 35 or 40 miles, plus all the pit stops we do and all the practice stops, which may end up, you know, being anywhere from 20 to 25 stops during the weekend. So you're that, not walking around in driving shoes, are you? Because that's all the fireproof you can find. You got some comfortable fireproof shoes, right? Like a pit crew shoe. Yeah, so it's not like AER where I just kind of had whatever. Now I have custom-made New Balance pit crew shoes that were designed. Fuck out of here! Gears Racing and New Balance together. Yeah, wow. so they're they're purpose-built just for what what we do. Bro, <laughs> bro, your fucking homie is the king of nerdy New Balances. You don't hook me up with your custom joints. Bro, 11 and a half 2E, get on it, son. I need to be representing this bullshit right now. Custom NBs? Bro, well, where are we at? We need to be we need to be in business together. Well, you, you don't really want to be wearing this every day. I mean, they're better than pitting and driving shoes, but they're still fireproof, thick fireproof shoes. So like it's even at the track, I have like two or three pairs of regular shoes when we're not in a, in a situation where we need fireproof shoes, and then those are only worn in session. Oh, because, really? You know, they're yeah, not that yeah. comfortable? That's just no, funny. I mean, they, they, they are more comfortable than driving shoes, but still, just yeah, because but of that's all like, the I mean, that's like saying, yeah. you know, that's like saying, well, this car is more comfortable than an aerial atom. Yeah. I mean, like, driving yeah, yeah. shoes are really yeah. uncomfortable. They're like, yeah. well, they're, they basically, when you put on driving shoes, it accelerates the smashing of your knees. Like your knees just <laughs> fucking disintegrate. Running around at racetracks are the hardest places in the world, and you're running around in these shoes or nothing. Your it's a shoe just... designed so that your foot is more sensitive, and then oh. you go walk on pavement all day. You wear them for an endurance race. <laughs> Be ready to drive yeah. at any time. Like what? You need to wear <laughs> these uncomfortable yeah. ass shoes for 24 fucking hours. God damn it. Okay. Well, that's 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 the nice thing about these pit crew shoes is we don't really need that feel of you know the, the accelerator or the brake or whatever. What we need is to protect our feet when we're running around, you know, with fifty or hundred pounds worth yeah, of tire, yeah, yeah. you know, holding on to them. And for us, you know, if there is a fire, to have that extra thick layer, you know, uh, of protection to, to protect your feet so they don't burn. But do they look cool? I mean, they're uh, they're they're pretty nice. I, I wish I had a pair here to show you, but all, all of my shoes are inside the race hall, <laughs> just because it's easier to transport. Yeah, but, uh, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you. I'll send you a text with that. Uh, with we demand but, satisfaction. I want to yeah. see them shoes. No, if you, that's awesome. Next time, <laughs> yeah, I mean, next time the team orders, I'll seriously, I'll pay for my own. But I'd like a set of fire. No, really, I would like a set of fireproof NBs. Yeah, it's, it's it's yeah. These these custom NBs are kind of the gold standard now across IMSA and NASCAR, and pretty much most American racing series and a few European series are using these same customized New Balances. But a lot of the Europeans also like they have their sparkles and stuff, but they're more like a driver shoe, which I don't like. Yeah, well, they're I mean they're European. It's kind of like it's got to look nice. The American, yeah, exactly. you know, we the Americans are like, oh, this is some comfortable shit. Yeah, the yeah. NB ratio well, is like the is like the F one fifty King Ranch 
<laughs> with a fire truck, a fire hose <laughs> on the back of it of it's, pit crew shoes. <laughs> it's it's kind of like that because the sparkles are like slim and thin and all this other stuff. Yeah, the they look balances, good. Yeah, the new balances are high tops with like with ankle support. So like you know if I'm running around and I move around and I'm holding you know a bunch of bunch of weight with me with tires and stuff, it'll support yeah. my ankles so I don't get hurt. Yeah. They don't, they don't look as pretty as the Sparkos, which yeah. I don't really care about. The Sparko people are like, well, this is this is look, this is fabulous. This shoe is beautiful. <laughs> I, mean, I can wear this. I can wear this on the Riva on the weekends. I don't need, yeah. you know, I don't need other might, shoes. <laughs> might 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 roll your ankle, but you look. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking there? What do you got? Why red, uh, red little red wine? Yeah. So uh, this is. Uh, Educated oh. guest. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good stuff. I, I picked it up because the label looked cool. It had a bunch of numbers and formulas on it, but it's actually really good. It's like I think like twenty five or thirty bucks. You're a smart man. I have been drinking that stuff for a couple of years and I yeah. saw it for exactly the same reason. I thought the name was funny and then I drank it and I was like, Oh shit, this actually tastes pretty yeah, fucking yeah. good. Yeah. And I've been buying it. Yeah, educated guest is nice wine. That's good stuff, man. Yeah, it's 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 legit, and uh, I've actually so speaking of race teams, so like Basser Sullivan, one of my team owners is Jimmy Basser. So like that in itself is just like badass, like you know, to get to work for for a legendary racer like Jimmy Basser. But then Jimmy also has a vineyard called V12 Vineyards up over there in California somewhere. So the last race of the season, uh, he brought like, a bunch of wine, and we packed up and finished at Sebring, and then. Basically, all of all, all like all the crew members got a bottle of his, you know, triple uh, four wine, which is which was amazing. Like it's really good wine. So it was, uh, <clears throat> it was, it's it's kind of cool to be able to work for him and to also get to try the wine. It's quality swag. Bottles of wine, in-house yeah. bottles of wine, is good swag. We were found. We found yeah, out. So my friend bought a, a a property in California. It's not big. It's like I don't know a third of an acre or something, but it's got a big hill behind the house that's pretty much useless for most things. You can't hang out on it. It's really really steep, but there's a company that will come and plant a vineyard there. Yeah, they'll plant a whole really? vineyard there and they'll maintain it the whole shit. You don't have to do anything. You just give them a key to your side gate. They, wow. then they do the whole thing. They plant it. They harvest. And then you get two-thirds of the wine, and they get a third of the wine, and you get to put your name on the wine. Whoa. That's amazing. It's pretty, pretty awesome, I right? I mean, you, you have all this stuff, and you're like, I, I, you know, I'm a vintner now. <laughs> yeah. And in the meantime, you know, you go out in the backyard like, hey, welcome to my and it's totally legit vineyard. It's awesome. Yeah. It's right there, yeah. I and mean, then you can have little picnics. And I mean, you know, if you're trying to do, you know, get that look for Instagram, you got that yeah. picture like chilling in my vineyard, you know, having a glass of wine, smoking a cigar. A hundred percent. Instagram it's, it's, background all day, every day. That's perfect. It's, it's it's worth it just for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the two thirds two thirds of the wine is a bonus. That's like great. You have to put your name on it, put some real fucked up label. I would <laughs> <laughs> I'd put some label that like that would determine if I had a real friend or not. (laughs) (laughs) If this person displays this bottle in their house, they are a real friend. (laughs) If they they peel the label off and chug it, decant it, fucking knock the bottle away, you know, embarrassed. Yo, so tell me about this Lexus GTD race car, though, for real. That's a sick, sick race car you're working on. It's, 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 it's amazing. Like it's, you know, it's a, it's a proper, proper GT race car. So it's, you know, it's got, it's, it's got wide body, 
carbon fiber. So it keeps the center section of the streetcar, but then most of the bodywork gets cut away. And then the outside bodywork is all carbon fiber and extended, you know, for the wider wheelbase. So it's so did it, it came track. off the line as a production car. Uh, I'm not sure exactly if it came off the line or if it has its own special area, but the body in white, kind of the center section of the car, so like the A pillar, B pillar, and some of the roof is an exact match for the street car. And then they build a cage inside and then build a body around it. And the engine is five liter, but is it more or less powerful than the street engine? Uh, it is uh, about the same as the street engine right now, just because of IMSA rules and how they do balance of performance. So they have restrictors. I think unrestricted, it could theoretically produce, you know, six or 700 horsepower, maybe. But right now, it's fairly close to the street car. So most of the GT3, GTD cars are in that 500 to 540, 550 range. And uh, most, if they were unrestricted, could go into the six or 700s. That fucking five liter V8. If I had to make a list of the five best engines you could buy in a production car right now that would i mean ex accepting you know million dollar craziness that would probably make the top three that engine is unbelievably good yeah it's it's, it's so good it, it's legitimately awesome and the race car engine shares uh, like a vast majority of its internal components with the streetcar engine so most of the modifications made to the engine are for race car reliability. So like, you know, a dry sump oiling system, air oil separator and stuff like that, where, yeah. you know, you're just basically putting racing gear on it. And then, you know, of course, like custom exhaust manifolds, headers, custom exhaust, just, just because of the way it exits. But a lot of the internal components are exactly the same pieces that you find on, you know, the, the regular Lexus RCF streetcar. And, you know, the engine is mounted slightly differently than the streetcar, just because, you know, part of it for balance, part of it for safety, but, most of the components inside are, you know, fairly similar. But it's not like one of those, like, you know, Riley, you know, crazy, you know, chassis things where underneath the body there's, like, nothing. You know, it's it's a, it's, it's, it's a roughly a production-based car. Correct, yeah. So if, if you look at a body in white and you look inside it, you know, you look at, like, you can take a door from the street car and it will bolt onto the race car. Yeah, yeah. And you can the race car looks pretty fucking good. What is the race? What's the what is the the, the weight that you make to race? What's racing weight? Uh, I'm not sure right now, but it's like low three thousands, I think. It just depends <laughs> on good. whatever the BOP tables are. And honestly, I haven't looked at what they have set for uh, for Rolex and the Roar. But most of the GT GT three cars are in the low three thousands. Considering how big that car is, that sounds light yeah. to me. It's, yeah. it, I feel yeah, like I mean, it, that sounds super light. It is. It's super light. And I drove the M6 GT3, which is like the biggest one. <laughs> the M6 GT3 is like enormous. Or I, I guess it's an M8 now, M8, isn't it? Yeah. I drove yeah. it when it was an M6 GT3 like three years ago. It's basically, I guess, kind of the same thing now. But um, that's really enormous. Is that this car is a little smaller than that? I think, right? Yeah. So the. They, well, there's two parts to that. So the M8 right now races in GTLM. So GTLM is the class above GTD in IMSA. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, and uh, so those are a little bit bigger and they're a little more kind of what you were thinking about where they're more race oriented than really based on the street car. And, but the M6 GT3 is actually coming back and the M8 is being pulled out. But the M8 is so big that, you know, there's that whole <laughs> meme of, you know, hashtag big M8 where you know all these people online just make huge pictures of it just because it looks so big 
So it's 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 definitely has its you know. It that's has funny. Its, like you know, the M8 as like Godzilla. Like yes, that's real. That's yes, actually yes, really funny. Exactly. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So if if you know you, you know some of those car Twitter accounts that make memes, that's you know a big deal. Even people that are really into racing, they know about big M8. Just you know what we don't have at Westside Collector Car Storage, and we definitely need a car meme wall. Mm. We a should smart, definitely a have smart. a wall where we print out car memes and put the and fill them like as if it's a whole real artistic, you know, installation. Mm. I think that'd be hilarious. All right, uh, yeah, all right, yeah. Tweet at me with some car memes, people, and but make them high res so I can download them shits and print them. Okay, don't don't give me some low res, you know, one forty four by one forty four bullshit. You know, I feel like some car memes would really work on the wall somewhere in here. I think I think that's probably probably a good idea. And but you need to like do like fancy car memes, like print them on canvas, you know, not just like print them out of the you know race printer in the in the copy room, like canvas, you know, just so like they look respectable. Yeah, no, no, we have uh, I have a habit, you know, because I was an art major and because I'm into like mounting and framing and doing it like I I I really overspend when it comes to framing. I, I like I don't just buy frames even at the art store like every frame in this place is custom made like did I tell you I don't know if you heard, I don't know if you listen to the show or not but I, I was talking about Larry Chen gave me a, a print that's the size of this coffee table and it's gorgeous and it's like it's Larry Chen what do you do it means it's, it's huge and I'm like well what am I I'm uh, it's not a poster. It's it, it's art. It, and so I went to go. You know, I had it. I had it framed. And you, do you want the museum archival glass? Well, yes, of uh-huh. course I do. <laughs> you know, and well, and this is an oversize. Well, I know that it's fucking giant. And okay, you know, it's eighteen hundred dollars to film <laughs> to frame one thing, which makes me an asshole or a very good friend that I would do that with a with yeah. a print that someone gave me. Like it's a whole wall. It's gonna be a whole wall over there, but a meme wall. It's, it's an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a great idea. And and speaking speaking of Larry Chen, so you know, talking about this whole time with the quarantine and kind of how car events have been canceled, uh, there is uh, like been an adjustment in things. And uh, I was talking with uh, Chris Forsberg a couple of weeks ago, and he did him and his people did a whole virtual thing that like I was just completely impressed with. And uh, I know he had Larry Chen to take photos, but uh, Forsberg is building a new drift taxi and he's working with Valvoline and some of the Valvoline people know me and they told him about what I do. So Forsberg and his people actually reached out and did a virtual thing where they shared CAD drawings and like all the things they did to build this new drift taxi. And it was just an impressive thing because I'm doing a whole story now without actually looking at the car, but having like enough of the drawings and measurements to be like, I'm there with them in the shop. That's fucking cool. That's so awesome. What's the taxi yeah. based on? Uh, it's based on a Nissan Altima. So they took a Nissan Altima and 3D scanned the whole thing. <laughs> Wasn't it the M5 before? <laughs> what a bummer. <laughs> it's the MW M5. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's Tanner's not, is a Passat. It's not like yeah. it's not like oh, Tanner's is like it's yeah. not like you know it's not like it's a Toyota Century. These guys are drifting. I mean, no, you yeah. know, no one, nobody has a particularly cool taxi that's right now. Point, but yeah. sorry, Post. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the cool thing is it's that they took this Altima, they scanned it, and then they cut out the entire center section, and then using those scans, they designed you know in three D a whole tube chassis that goes underneath it. And then they took a GTR powertrain 
and oh. and basically race race spec winners you know uh rear axle and all this all this uh other stuff and put it under there so it's basically a gtr sedan with an ultima skin on it oh that's kind of that's all right all right well now see yeah. now we're kind of talking okay yeah. And and that's a and that's a tube chassis car with an Altima body on it. That's not. It's not an Altima. Right. That just right. became right. wicked cool to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they they <laughs> kind of like juke. Remember the juke R? The juke R was the shit. The juke yeah. R was. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm bro. I'm 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 turtling. By the way, for you right now. Well, I can't use the verb turtling is gross. <laughs> I mean, implies poo. But I'm rocking for those in the audio section. I could just see Bozy's rocking his Seiko turtle right now. And I am wearing the Seiko turtle oh, as well because I knew you're a Seiko enthusiast. We're matching then. It's good. I just got the guys in Turkey who make these amazing straps. I have to send you one. They're called okay. Bosphorus Leather. Look at this. Oh. These beautiful, like, canvas. Can you punch in a little there, Jay? Yep. These beautiful canvas with a sandwich suede and canvas. Yeah. So I got them in a bunch of different colors. So these guys stopped making straps two years ago and only started making, were making cases. And then they got back to me that I, I had been tagging them in a million pictures. People had been emailing them about it and they're going to mm -hmm. go back to making straps. And so they nice. just sent me 10 straps and I will That's send awesome. you one, my friend, so I'm you down. can have a winter swap for uh for your seiko i'm gonna send johnny lieberman one he's all about his his sin watches now he likes the german thing huh i've, I've heard of those but i've never actually bought one or tried one so they're nice I don't know. i've heard good things about them but i, I like the seikos because they're kind of like my cars you know i like those thirty thousand dollar japanese cars because they work and you can kind of you know modify them a little bit to your liking but yeah you know still fairly reliable so like this one is not you know it's not modified a lot it's just got you know that, that strap code strap and the rest of it's you know as it comes so this one i mind that i'm wearing i had fake aged by this guy whose name is ah. shadow watchmaker on instagram and i nice. sent it to him and he he acid aged the bezel and then he aged the loom and the hands. It looks dope as fuck. It costs like wow. nine pennies. Yeah, <laughs> it, looks, it looked it looks amazing. And I just I'm, now I'm, I'm having all kinds of plans for watches to send this dude to oh, fucking hold on, play hold with. Hold on, I, I, I got somebody who wants to say hi. I, is I Boyan just, chilling? Yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna give. Yo, him where's that. your brother at? Go get that fool. Oh, look at this clean shaven fuck right here. What's Bro, up? what's How up? Are you? Are you are you fucking auditioning for a Marky Mark video? What's going on? How are you? I'm just getting ready for uh, I'm doing well. How are you? Boyan Tatarovic, Bozy's brother, is in the house. What's happening, brother? Oh, just uh, got home from the gym. <laughs> I can tell. Is it time for tanning and laundry? It <laughs> is. I'm you actually, fucking uh, look like the situation. I shit you not. <laughs> you look like the situation right now. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm getting ready for. Uh, I'm getting ready for Miami. Are you actually going to Miami? I am. This Wear a mask, dude. I just went down there. It was fucking shady as hell. I, saw, I actually saw a few of your posts so, uh, talking about the uh, the crazy stuff that you see on the street. The three three wheelers, right? So in Miami, people, you know, they have all these vehicles that apparently you can drive on the street and but never nowhere else are they, would these things be street legal real <laughs> sketchy little trikes and like things that look like bumper cars but have license plates on them Seriously? and like yeah all the polaris slingshots in the world and and i <laughs> i saw i saw like a fleet of like 10 vehicles at a red light like none of which would be legal in california <laughs> 
super 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 loud music right usually in groups yeah yeah it was great it was great i know i've been yeah i've been to uh miami like probably like six times in the last uh two years and every time it never fails it's always uh, entertaining but yeah I'm florida is the land that safety inspections forgot it's you can register anything anything at all on the road in cal you got oh tractors yep Horse, here's a tag. Like, whatever. Like, go kart, no problem. What is that? A wheelbarrow? Here you go. Sequential plates, no problem. But the, uh, the interesting thing is, you know, you look at the um, the Ferraris and Lamborghinis and McLarens, you look at the license plates, and of course, it's Montana. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because even Florida has a little bit of registration taxes, whereas Montana has none. Or their rentals. Which is, there? You know, in Miami, you know, if you go down there, you see some Jersey tags. That's the Gotham Dream Cars fleet. <laughs> I was just there. Like, here's what's weird, because I was just there. They closed, you know, they closed. Um, what do they call it? Like the sat, like the draw, the road on South Beach in front of all the oh, bars and stuff. Ocean, Ocean Drive. Yeah, so you can't drive on that right now because if they have all the outdoor dining and all that stuff. Oh, it's all and patios. No cars. So it was actually kind of interesting. Because you can't, like, floss on that street anymore. So now everybody's flossing on Collins, and oh, it's Collins, weird. Okay. <laughs> you're so, you're yeah, further from the water. Yeah, it's really strange. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I, I've, I've stayed on Collins many, many times. And, I mean, Ocean Drive is where everybody goes to be seen, right? There's, right, but there's no – now you have to be seen on foot. <laughs> you cannot be seen in a car on ocean right now. You have to be seen on foot only. It's gonna keep. Uh, it's gonna keep moving. The next street over is gonna be Washington. You know, that's like the right, next. Right, right, right. It's just gonna keep expanding. The next. We parallel, had fun in Miami so. though. Curated. My friend Vinny works at that place. Curated, which is a uh, a vintage supercar restoration place. So they had all kinds of crazy weird shit down there. We were looking at. So that's that's open, correct? Yeah, the, I mean. Yeah, yeah, they're they're open. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go have, check it out. I've never been there, so I was just curious if it was open. Have you ever heard of a Chizeta Marauder? Because they have one there. It's a, v, <laughs> a transverse V16 supercar. Wow. It is the weirdest looking car ever, and the engines are medium hot garbage. It engines, by the way, because it's two V8s that are stuck together at the crank. It has four cylinder heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's it called? I'll pull it up. It's uh, C-I-Z-E-T-A. You don't have to worry about the model name because they <laughs> they don't have one. more than one. There's only one. Yeah, it's a weird... Oh, this the, is the thing we looked at, the Y, yeah. the Diablo. Yeah, it yeah. was the, the design study for That's the Diablo right. that got rejected. That's right. And they got, he built it out of spite. I like a car <laughs> built out of spite, though, you know? Listen, if uh, I can literally go to Miami and just like stand on the street the entire day and I'll be entertained by what I see. From the oh, you know yeah. different, different types of people to the cars that come through, it's pretty. Uh, it's yeah. Pretty fascinating. No, Miami Miami culture is hilarious. And this time, the time I you know, other than the fact that nobody was wearing masks, that bugged me out. But, but uh, but um, to be in Miami and not the dead of summer is excellent. It's very, it's it's a good, it's right. It's all that's right, all that's right with the world is Miami in January. Do you ever go to uh, Wynwood? Yeah, it was great. Except I was I just cruised through there, and like a lot of a lot of businesses were closed. It was way less, way less, you know, popping than the last time I was there. It was it's really cool hood though. There's a place I like called Walt Grace uh, Vintage that sells cars and guitars, which I think is I've, neat. I've actually been there before. It is yeah, pretty it's a neat. cool spot. 
They yeah, have a good whole... selection of guitars too. I almost bought a guitar, and then the, when I was in there this time, and then I was like, "What are you, an idiot? You don't you have a guitar that you don't play? Don't buy this. What's wrong with you?" I'm, I'm sure it's uh, also a little bit pricey, right? Not not the cheapest thing in the world. Uh what I was looking at was very cheap compared to the things that they sell there. But in general, <laughs> the things that they sell are on the higher end. I would say, yeah, yeah. Look at Jay adjusting my shot because I don't look so good right now. That's me. So, it's me and my frumpy shirt. It's not the shot, Jay. <laughs> Matt, I have a very, uh, very important question for you. Uh-huh. How are your cats doing? Uh, They're the best. Conrad and, Con well, Conrad and Pico are about to be 16. They both wow. were, they were both born in January of uh, 2005. So they're about to be 16. And then uh, Nikki and Finn are uh, definitely adolescent cats right now. They're one and a half, and they're right-o in the middle of adolescence. So they are finding ways to sneak food, and they want lots of attention, but not too many hugs. They're right online. They're right online with teenage cats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but all good. Everything is kosher. Yeah, everything's good. They all get along. It's nice. Okay, so the 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 young ones get along with the uh, the elderly. Oh yeah, they totally do. It took a little. It took a couple months to get to get there, but they do. But you know, Hannah and I bought a new house, and so we're gonna be. It's like gonna be a while because we gotta do some reno. But like, uh, in about eight months. So when you move into a new home, and there's not established sense. There's typically like what uh, what you, corporations would call a reorg, um, where the the hierarchy gets kind of adjusted, and so we suspect that when we move into the new house, Finn may move to the top of the hierarchy and bump Conrad off his <laughs> throne, because Conrad's like you know he's down to like ten and a half pounds, he's which is very healthy for a senior cat, but he was he was like a 13, 14 pound cat at one point. It's fine, Jay. It's okay. Senior you know cats how I gets, get. Senior cats get skinny. It happens. He's fine. But uh, but Con uh, uh, Finn, who's one, is almost fifteen pounds. He's a big. He's a big boy. So at the new place, when there are not established scents, the odds are that Finn will be the king of the castle. So do the cats pick favorites? As favorites. As, like, uh, yeah, like one of them. That's, that's cold as ice. <laughs> favorites. They well, could be listening. What if they're li what if they're listening? That's hey, fucked up. Sophie's choice. <laughs> what okay. can you do? Conrad, Nikki, Finn. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no. I can't pick favorites. They all have their own personalities. They're all fun. They you really are. I mean? They really are hey, all fun. Do they pick favorites as far as like one gravitates towards you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Conrad like and Nikki are daddy's are daddy's cats, and then Finn and Pico are mommy's cats for sure, uh, for sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I exactly. Yeah, I mean, how can you? How can I ask you to pick favorites? Right, the whole. I won't, but they will. <laughs> <laughs> they they will happily pick favorites. They they're like fuck you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with daddy. Yeah, awesome. it is like that. It is like that. Uh, are you are you working in in, in fucking cars right now? Are you on the flip not. game still? I am. I am doing my own thing in sort of in uh, in finance. All right. I kind cool. of. I kind of ventured out to do some things in uh, in a little bit of investing. So. All um, right. Just, yeah, I quit. I quit uh, working for other people and decided to work for myself. Well, if it results in you looking like the situation, I think it's gone well. <laughs> I gotta give me. Listen, give me. Give me uh, a week or two so I can get my tan on in Miami, oh, yeah. and then we can. <laughs> yeah. 
And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Call me post Miami. You'll be ten pounds heavier, <laughs> but you'll be tan. And I might, I might need to stop by uh, the grocery store to pick up a, a tub of gel for my hair. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you have so. any, then you're golden, unlike your brother. <laughs> um, you know, genetics play a part as well in my hair. So yeah, yeah. We're, Put we're that similar. bitch back on so we can talk cars. All right. Good to see you, homie. Good to see you guys. <laughs> Bye. Boyan Tatravic, the brother. You know, so Boyan used to work at a, at a Ralph Lauren uh, at a Ralph Lauren place in North Carolina, at like a distribution center in the in the in the executive level there or whatever. And he so he used to indirectly work for my old man. Is that how you guys met? No, I met him from doing car shit with Bozy. Oh wow! They roll in packs these these fucking Serbs. <laughs> I thought they, they were, were brothers. I thought they were legitimately brothers. They are legitimately oh, okay. brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're actually brothers. Okay. Yeah. What up? Yeah, we're, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we have small groups. Just look for the Adidas tracksuits. You'll find us. <laughs> I ha I got a fucking... My my wife wanted us to do uh, a one of like, like a fun wedding picture of Adidas tracksuits. So we all went out and bought like... Really dope designer Adidas tracksuits that we wore one time. But the next time I see Bozy, I'm going head to fucking toe. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. I have I have I have different different versions. So I have kind of my light suit, you know, for summer days. Then I have a slightly kind of middle of the way suit for fall. And then I have a fleece lined one for winter. Fleece lined. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. I thought you yeah. guys were kidding. Fleece lined is what's up. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it, it works. Like, like if you see me on an airplane, I will be in an Adidas tracksuit. Like, hold on, hold on. Actually, actually, hold <laughs> if on, you hold while on. he gets this, if you just so you know, if you oh, he's got the pants going. He does. He's got <laughs> the Adidas track <laughs> pants. It's, I mean, it's it's like it's like my everyday leisure wear is is you know these these are the very light track pants because you know I got the heat going in the house, so these are like the summer versions, but. Like it's 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 really comfortable. So like it's something That's that you know awesome. wear all the time. Oh man, if you see me on a plane, I would be top to bottom Kuji. You hey, did, it I works. just I just flew with full Kuji, and <laughs> it was delightful. I love it. I love the, the soft clothes you wear for planes. Those those looked really nice. I I know you had a picture you showed me at one time of, of that full Kuji setup and it looked really good. Like I, I looked into it. There's just it's it the the budget is a little higher than the Adidas. You have to take but, really you can't wear it for dirty stuff. You have to I mean I know yeah, flying is yeah. semi dirty, but you have to actually yeah. kind of take care of that. That's the problem. It's a high maintenance outfit. <laughs> it's not a sweat. And I only have like I have one. I don't have like, I don't have like seven, you know, Kuji Kuji tracksuits. Although yeah, I, get, I get a lot of compliments. <laughs> no, it, looks, it looks good. I remember the pictures you showed me. It looked good, but like I have a bunch of this Adidas stuff, and like you know, like if I have to throw it away, it's not a big deal because like yeah. you know, the, you know, the top and bottom together are maybe like sixty bucks. So it's yeah, not like, it's available. Yeah, it's it's not not a big, and I can go like to Costco. Like I buy a bunch of it at Costco because they they carry Adidas track pants and like it's it's like you know I go like you know buy like the big jars of Nutella and like you know a pair of track pants. Like, <laughs> It's, it's, I've never been able to find track pants that didn't drag on the floor and get under my heels. You know what I mean? You, I guess you got to like tailor them or something, or just roll them shits up. See, right? I'm 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 a pretty good fit for that. So mine, like I'm looking at, yeah, these are pretty solid. So like they have a little wear, but like I think it's like that torso to leg ratio. Mine works perfectly for track pants, which could be why like all the people you know from my region of the world wear track pants just because we're. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not as popular 
here, but like my ratio is good. But like if you have more torso, then it, a lot of times it doesn't work. That's awesome. <laughs> He's done the math. That's amazing. I just thought of a game. We're gonna. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna get a get a game going with the live audience. Get in the super chat, and we're gonna do, we're gonna play a a challenge Bozy game. If right. you have a All if right. you have a, an idea to challenge Bozy, get in the super chat, and we'll play that for a few minutes because he, he his nerddom is vast. It's vast I'm and wise. I'm interested to see what the, what these people can come up with. Yeah, um, you know what was the um, what is the most interesting thing to you about uh, about racing uh, during the pandemic? Have they had to change a whole lot, or other than wearing masks, the track is that pretty much it? I mean, there's there's a lot of restrictions, and they've you know they've done a big part to try to keep everyone safe. But honestly, the weirdest part is for a lot of races just not having fans there. So like. Um, I'm used to having fans like IMSA is open. So like if you get a ticket, you can be in the paddock walking around the garage. So like I'll be working on something and there'll be like, you know, six people standing behind me looking at what I'm working on. And now with mo a lot of the tracks, you know, not having fans, it feels like a test day. So, you know, it, it feels like, you know, we're just there to test the car because there's nobody, you know, there's people watching on TV, but there's nobody there with us to watch or nobody in the stands or, you know, in the campers or whatever. So it feels weird. And like, the whole process is very, very segmented and, you know, very, very strict with like, when we go to the track, of course we have to wear masks. There are limits on how many people can be at the track for each team. And then everybody has to individually register for every single day you're at the track. So like, it's not like you can just show up and show, you know, your hard card or your shirt for your team. Like a week before you go to the track, you get a survey with like a medical questionnaire, you have to fill it out. And then when you when you finish that survey, you get a QR code. And then when you show up to the track the first day, they have to scan that QR code, make sure it's you. And then you go to a temperature check. And then that you get another questionnaire the same day. And every single day that happens. So there's like a lot of a lot of you know procedural things that happen and a lot less people at the track. So it's 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 a very different experience than you know what I've been used to in years past. Yeah, I mean racing. I mean racing without fans kind of doing any sport without fans kind of sucks. It's just there's weird like energy. Just yeah, there's just there's, the vibe is not there. There's no like, oh, you know what I mean. Doing Who, this. What are we doing this for? Yeah, exactly. Right. But uh, um, it's it's not like a bubble situation though, right? It is a well. It's not a full bubble like a lot of other sports, but like we are like when we're there at the track, we're in our own bubble, and then there are bubbles for other personnel. So like PR people, photographers, and crews are each in their own bubble. So a lot can't cross. So like a PR person can show up to the track, and they can go to the media center, and at some tracks they can go to a fenced off area, but like they can't interact with us directly. Oh but wow! Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a lot of like segmentation for them to try to keep people apart. So if somebody does, you know, get sick, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't spread to everybody. So, you know, they try to keep the team separate and, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of very strict procedures and kind of, you know, basically doing as much as they can to try to keep everybody safe. So, I mean, you know, IMSA has done a pretty decent job of that and, you know, how they've tried to, you know, keep us safe so we can keep racing. So, you know, everybody's livelihood can continue on. And so the series can, you know, have some racing this year and you know it was it was a decent deal because all the races were done so it's you know what was the condensed uh, time frame though it was uh, there was a lot of stuff that was delayed and then kind of towards the back end of the year september october november a lot of races were made up and a lot of races uh that were further away were 
uh, moved to other places. So like Charlotte, Charlotte Motor Speedway wasn't initially on the schedule, but it, it was added to the schedule to make up for a race, I think, in Canada. So like because, you know, it's not really, yeah, yeah. really over the border and same deal with new york like at the time we were supposed to race at watkins Glen, there uh, the rules up there wouldn't wouldn't have allowed it so they rescheduled that race and that was moved to like road atlanta so it for me it wasn't terrible because most of the races ended up being in the southeast so it wasn't very far but a lot of things had to be moved around and there was a lot of back to back where you finish one race go prep the car and then two weekends later you're at another track and it's you know it was, it was a uh a tight schedule but it worked out and i mean it was you know everybody did the best job they could and it's you know from my point of view it seemed like it was you know successfully done and safely done because there weren't you know there weren't any issues and you know the procedure seemed to work yeah do they um when they did they the restrictions on the number of people did that mean you had to race with less people than normal or you just couldn't have like random family members and shit also coming to the track there was uh, in many cases it would mean that you would have less personnel at the track so like the the limits there allowed for like the really core people so basically you know like team owner team manager drivers and crew and then so that means and in, in a lot of cases if you had a bigger crew it might mean that the team manager might drop off or that the team owner might drop off and in most cases it meant that like pr people or photographers would drop off at least in the early races. Later on, they added a couple of spots, but basically anybody that wasn't directly involved in racing the car or servicing it in some of the early races, that was like the limit of the, the roster. Yeah. I'm glad so, they figured out eventually that outdoor things are pretty much okay. I'm glad they figured that out. Like you can have people outdoors that are spaced out and that that's probably all right. Cause that would, if that continued, you know, when the beaches were all closed and stuff, it was no like, parks. all right, this doesn't seem to be helpful but um i'm glad they were able to keep racing though does it seem like how uh it, the series is the season's over it must be right correct yeah we finished we finished that sebring uh, a couple of weeks ago how did your team do in the points i'm sorry i didn't we uh, we finished uh i think we finished third uh, uh that's good we, yeah we were and we finished third in one championship second in another championship and we won the sprint cup championship which is all the short races so uh -oh. this yeah so this hat right here is from the sprint cup championship uh so we finished first there we went into sebring with just a couple of points away from all the championships with the chance to win but a few hours into the race one of the uh crr corvettes had a coolant leak and they're the class in front of us and we were running first and second in our class and the coolant or that's what we think is cool and that's what we, my understanding at least the coolant spilled in front of us and both of our cars spun and went into the wall oh no and unfortunately ended our day in like hour four at least for my car we helped fix the other car and we got that back out and that car still ended up coming back and finishing like ninth but that kind of ruined our chances of winning the championship but we still finished like second and third in most of the championships and won one of that that sprint cup championship we were able to win so we won one out of five and top three in the rest of them, I believe. Well, that's pretty strong, man. That sounds good. Yeah, that sounds, sounds excellent. Yeah. What does it it's, take? What does it take to total out one of those cars? If you say if that car spun into the wall, yeah. that that car is going to live to race another day, I imagine, right? Well, one of the cars is, and I believe the other one, I'm not sure. It just depends on how much a new car costs to build versus how much it costs to put this car on a jig and straighten it out so it's perfect. Yeah. So. It, and that's 
you know, these are, you know, all of these cars are in the six figures. So, you know, if, if you're, if you're getting, you know, it's kind of like a street car, you know, if you're getting 50, 60% of the way there to a new body in white, you might as well buy a new body in white and start with something fresh, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it just depends. Gnarly. Just wrecking yeah. out. I mean, wreck, just to think about wrecking out race cars and having to just, oh, well, there's 150,000. Like, it can, it can be tough, but that's, that's racing. I mean, it's, you know, it happens to everybody. And, you know, unfortunately, this was out of our control. And, you know, we wish it had gone differently. But if you're going racing, you kind of have to expect that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like the, the level of intensity at, at IMSA? Or is it a little, is it, uh, does it, is it the kind of thing that you're, you're really getting into? Oh, I thrive on it. I, I love it. Especially these wrong races. So, like, I've never done a 24-hour race. And now with you know Vassar Sullivan I'm gonna get to do the Rolex 24 and like it's a month away but like I'm already hyped like like when you know like it's I don't know I don't know how to explain it but like you know for us we're dual purpose so we do mechanic work setup work and then the same 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 people pit the car during the race and those you know few seconds where you're in control of what happens in the race where you know you going over the wall changing a tire fueling the car or doing anything else doing it half a second or a second quicker could gain your car a spot or two spots or three spots on the racetrack it's just it's just like a whole like different level of thrill and you know like and it's 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 hard to explain but like getting up on that wall watching the car roll up you're just kind of like in your own world for a moment like it's it's like everything else just becomes quiet and you just like you just click things off and then you go back and it's just it's just such, like it's a really good feeling like you know, yeah I, I love it like it's it's, it's great i get that what is your job during pit stops? Tires? So, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm I, I'm a tire carrier and also kind of a utility person. So for most pit stops, I carry tires to the outside of the car. So those two tires, I'll, I'll run out there, mount them, and then there's a, a tire changer that'll that'll put the lugs in. And then during longer races, I'll also do utility stuff like pulling the data stick out of the car, which like holds the data log or swapping it out or making adjustments to the rear wing if you want to change the angle. Or uh, there's an oil external oil fill system. So like for the very long races, if it needs an, you know extra oil or something, there's a, a setup where I can fill the oil. But basically, tires are the main purpose and then utility for the rest. And uh, you know, like like I said before, like that's, that's helped me get more fit. Like uh, going into that, uh, previous teams I've worked with, I fueled. So it wasn't as much physical activity, but this jumping off the wall and trying to run and carry two tires that are 50, 55 pounds a piece and do all that in, you know, eight or 10 seconds, run back and forth. Like you, you need some stamina and like that pushed me to kind of get better. And then I, you know, on my own, I wanted to get healthier. And like now, since I started the, the program with the Lexus is um, I lost 25 pounds. Like it's that, that, that much intensity. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm like it's it's really cool. Like I'm very happy with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, what I was just I just had a fucking question about. It too. Do you do you carry them over the wall? Do you then physically put them onto the studs or do you just hand them sure. to the to the guy? Uh, I physically put them on the studs. So if you pull up my Instagram, uh like I'll tell you right now if if you guys can pull it up on the screen, if you go, I think it's like eight or 10 posts down, there is an actual actual pit stop view that I have from the GoPro that I have on my head. Oh yeah, right, probably in the middle there. Yeah, yeah, yeah there so we go. For the oh, night cool. video. Yeah, so there's there's a, a night video of a night practice stop and you'll see exactly Look what I do. Look in the middle there, there Jay, that row right in the middle, this guy. 
How about this? Like this? Yeah. All right, yeah, he's lugging tires to the outside. Tire off. Posey's tire on. Now, oh, so you drop one by the front, put put it, put the other one on the back, then go back and put the front one on after that. Uh, it depends on the choreography. Sometimes that front one goes straight on, and then I uh-huh. run back and grab the other one. It just depends on what we're doing for that specific stop. And stuff like that is like you have to be prepared in the moment depending on what else is happening around the car because sometimes drivers are changing, sometimes other things are changing on the car. So you adjust your choreography in the moment to basically do it the fastest way possible without getting in each other's way. What's a good time for a stop like this? It depends. So we have like, you know, we have minimum fuel time. So that's kind of our goal. So if if we're doing a full fuel, then it doesn't matter. And then the other times where we can short fuel, we we do try to do significantly less than that. What's the minimum fuel time? Uh, I think right now it's like 43 or 53 seconds. I can't oh, remember. Okay. So like all the stuff, like the tech specs are being updated for next year. So, you know, whenever all that stuff comes out, we'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, it's, there's plenty of time. If we're doing a full fill, there's plenty of time for everything. But where the quickness comes in is if we're doing a short fuel. Yeah. That's fucking cool, man. No, it's, it's That's a lot awesome. Of fun. You got to be careful yeah. with your back. Don't fucking oh, yeah. don't part, don't hear back doing that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's and I mean I I try to train for that and you know try to train at home to protect my back and that's like that's you know been a big focus you know for a while for me just in general working on cars is you know to protect my back and luckily here like I have I have good position where I'm doing everything from like basically from my legs. Yeah, so it's you know when I'm mounting tires or doing anything else, like I'm, you know, crouched down and mounting it from the side instead of trying to, you know, go forward where it's putting pressure on my back. And it's very rare that I have like back soreness. Like it's, it's more common for me, you know, for like, you know, my quads or something to be sore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone asked me the other day what it was specifically that I didn't like about working on cars. And I think I just thought of what it was. It's laying on the ground. It's getting yeah. down, getting down, laying on the ground, and then getting back up, and then getting back down, and getting back up. That that's probably it. I think that's probably the least, <laughs> my least favorite thing about no, working on cars. I can, I can understand that, and you know, just going up and down, it can be a pain. The nice thing about these cars is they have air jacks. Air jacks are great. Yeah, yeah. Air jacks are legit because you go to the car, stab it from the side, it lifts it up, and then you basically have these safety rings that you slide around the air jacks. So if it were to deflate. They're kind of like jack stands. They just sit around the cylinder. Yeah. And it's just a safety. You work on whatever you need to work on, pull the safeties, pull the pull the uh pull the hose, car goes down, it goes off. You know, how much did it make you want to put air jacks on your own car? I mean, I wanted air jacks on my own car so badly. Makes your life so easy. So it it is convenient, but you also have to service them. So it's good points. and you also have to put safeties on them. So, I mean, it's it's convenient and they're expensive. Like, you know, it's, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for, you know, a professional system. So it's Can't cool. you get them off one of those cars that spins into a wall? Yeah, that's what I, I got. <laughs> Takeoffs. Well, always sure. that kept me away from it. Do they weigh See, a lot? Do they must weigh a lot. Uh, they're not not terrible. I mean, it's like the, the, the weight of the air jacks is consideration in the weight of the car so you know if if a race car has a certain minimum weight the the air jacks are considered and then they can take that weight out somewhere else and they're down low so they're not you know a significant uh significant deal but like the like the single cylinder i don't know maybe four or five pounds oh it's not so bad it's not bad at all that's not bad 
you have depending on the car you have three or four of those and then you know plus some of the lines and stuff. Yeah. yeah maybe like it's, it's not a huge deal but yeah but still it, you definitely want to be able to go like that's the thing you want for sure it's a useful it's, thing i mean it's uh it's 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 uh it's fun uh and but it's expensive so i wouldn't want yeah. it personally yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I like on my 911, my 80s 911? It's got that square hole in the lower side of it underneath the body where you just shove this thing in and it's got like a hockey puck on it. And you just jack up the whole side of the car on that exterior now mounted puck, which is yeah. fabulous. It's a really easy, it's a very easy solution. That's got to yeah. be some Le Mans shit right there. Could be. I mean, that's 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 handy, and it protects the underside of the car. Because, like, you know, when when I had a shop just working on cars, like the things you saw come in for where that rail underneath was just chewed up, like <laughs> it was very very common. Just people not knowing where to put the jack, not knowing to look for the pinch welds, so they would just jack up wherever they could, and then that that whole piece underneath the car was you know completely you know wrinkled up. Yeah, I hate that shit. Looks like garbage. Yeah, yeah. Yo, the people uh, are speaking. We have many, many opportunities to to discuss weird car shit with Bozy. We're gonna get. <laughs> I want to get to some of these. Um, you ready, Bose? Let's do it. What we got? <laughs> uh, Pierce, thank you for your uh, update. Uh, Jonathan says I own a 2017 WRX. But I'm running into problems even after repair under a warranty. I'm thinking about moving to another car. Should I get a Veloster N, brand new, or a heavily used Cayman or C7? Oof. I would say brand new Veloster N. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a question of maintenance budget. Do you want to spend X amount for a maintenance budget, or do you want to spend five times the amount for a maintenance budget? (laughs) Right. I mean, that's you know, that's that's basically where that question is. And if you're coming out of WRX. I would say Veloster is probably your, your your good choice there because I mean that's you know it's I, I daily a WRX and you know if I was considering something in the same bracket Veloster N seems like a decent you know decent choice. I was impressed, Bose, when I saw you that you stitched your own steering wheel cover. That seemed hard. It, it, it was it was actually not that hard. It was just very tedious. It took <laughs> five hours or six hours, and uh, it's. Uh, and I, I, me, me and Boyan actually made a video of it, put it on our Boost Brothers channel, where basically go through the whole process. But it's not complicated. It just takes a lot of time because there's like a million little holes that you have to stitch through. But after I did it, it actually was very nice. And like even, you know, it's been almost a year now since I did it and it's still holding up well. The only issue I've had is the red stripe up top has kind of started to fade. But other than that, like it feels like so much better than the factory, you know, factory cover. That's amazing. That does seem super, super tedious. Uh, let's see. All right. I, I, yeah. Your butt. Your 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 Jonathan. It's your maintenance budget. And a C seven is not quote just a GM Corvette maintenance is more expensive than regular GM maintenance. Uh, Christian says he would like fifteen seconds on the Buick Park Avenue, please. <laughs> the Buick Park Avenue is a wonderful vehicle. Uh, it, it was available with a classic thirty eight hundred V six which is one of my favorite engines. I got my license in a Pontiac Bonneville with a 3,800. Yeah. Park Avenue all the way. (laughs) The Bonneville with the 3,800. Yeah, I'm pro Buick Park Avenue. It's so bad that it's good. Wow. Um, And it's got a bench seat. You could bone in it. That's good. (laughs) Uh, 
Uh, scroll down, Jay. Nick says, thank you for having a great Twitter, Bozy. Uh, Vlad says, Bozy's Twitter was the first place he learned that biscuit doesn't always mean a cookie. Oh, you're French. Yeah, that's true. Biscuits in the South don't mean cookies. Yeah, I try to explain that to the Europeans. The British are really stubborn about it, but uh, it's, the message is getting across that it's not always a cookie. <laughs> I have arguments like early morning hours when you know people in Europe are awake. They argue with me, calling them scones, and we go back and forth. It's fun, but they need to know their place. A biscuit is like a scone, but it has a lot more butter and, and moisture in it. Scones are like meant to be dry and dense. Yes, it's, it's like a scone, but good. Ah. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, Alan says, what classic car would you swap that Lexus 5 liter into? That's a good question. Hmm. It, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of choices, but I would probably put it like in a late 80s Supra. Just, just because I, I like that body style. And just, just put it in there and uh, nice exhaust. Put like a six-speed box with it and, you know, go. That could be fun. His suggestion is good. The suggestion was a uh, a wide body Gen One Celica, which I like. I oh, would yeah. say I would say early '80s Supra, like the '83, like the the slanty back one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Rogers says, "Oh boy, uh, okay." I w- early water cooled Porsches are all Fiesta ST prices right now. How much of a maintenance emergency fund would be needed for one? I don't want to act hastily. A lot. <laughs> if you're asking, it's probably not <laughs> not the right place to look. Yeah, I mean, a lot is the problem. The re- a lot the the reason you know a Porsche gets that cheap is because something to fix is that expensive. Yeah. You know, it, it's. Those boxsters, the the you know they have the gearbox goes and they or whatever, and you basically have totaled the car. Um, yeah, yeah, I just I mean, wouldn't want to deal with it. Um, it's, I mean, if if you have like whatever the car costs plus that amount to like fix it and mess with it, and you want it as a project, buy it. But like if you're if you have you know eight grand and the car is seven and you want to use it as a daily, it's probably a bad idea. I agree, especially with a boxster and a Cayman because. A lot of otherwise simple things require like an engine out. You know, it's just something that requires shit you just can't do. Like even if you wanted to wrench on that kind of thing, what you gonna drop the motor in your house? Like get the fuck out of here. So that's what that's the problem. Um, Nico says, "How do you find obscure part part numbers? I work for one of the big vendors, and our uh, master interchange is seven hundred k part numbers strong, but I don't know what I would do without it." That's, I mean, a lot of it's just, just like that, basically. And a lot of it's just using aftermarket catalogs. So there's, you know, a lot of it's looking at databases that basically junkyards use. So like junkyards use like Hollander and a few other ones. And the way these are set up is these are information collected after the fact. So they basically collect information from OEMs and from aftermarket sources. So the junkyards know how to sell a part. So if, you know, they're pulling out a part out of say, a GMC Envoy, the Hollander catalog can tell them that it also fits, you know, a Trailblazer or it maybe even fits some kind of Buick if it's a sensor or something. So aftermarket catalogs are helpful and 
junkyard, you know, websites and even places that sell aftermarket parts like Rock Auto are helpful if you want to verify where something interchanges. Because like Rock Auto, if you pull up a part for a certain car, well, first Rock Auto, you can search uh, by the OEM part number and then go to the info and it'll tell you all the other OEM part numbers plus all the other cars it fits for common parts. For smaller parts, it's just a lot of it's just knowing basically or being you know having been you know use that part and knowing what it looks like or what you know who manufactured it bozy helped me not get fucked because my aston martin vanquish thermostat was like 300 dollars, and it is interchangeable with the 05 4 gt which was like 110 dollars. it was yeah, nice and, yeah works just fine a- a little bit a little bit of a difference and that thermostat was actually built off like a cummins thermostat housing <laughs> like they changed one ad and you could technically use like the 18 dollars cummins thermostat you would just have to like file it which i wouldn't do for you know an aston but like that's what, that's what it was based on like they didn't really like engineer a new part like they just changed like one little corner of it where they filed off a piece of a you know a cummins diesel thermostat Yep. <laughs> Good old Aston Martin. <laughs> I guess if it works, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, it did work. It was fine. Uh, ben says, uh, should I buy track wheels, tires, and seats, etc., for my daily driven BMW M2, or should I get a second car, an E46 or C5 Z06, as a track beater? M2 is very fun on the track, but I don't want to keep beating on my daily. I can tow it to the track and no Miatas. Fair question. Um, my my outlook on this has changed over time. Uh, when I started out, my thing was let's combine everything as much as possible. But as I've seen racing and as I've seen what can happen, my outlook is now have two separate cars. And it's not even related to race cars. It's also related to project cars. Like my WRX... I don't modify it at all. Like my WRX is my safe daily. Like I changed a couple of small things just to make it more fun to drive, but there's no tune on it. There's nothing on it other than like a brake upgrade and tires. And that is for a purpose. Like if I want to go play with the project car, I'm going to have a separate project car because I don't want to be in a situation where something I've modified breaks on Sunday. And then on Monday, when I need to go to a meeting for something that me. I can't go to that meeting because the car broke. And that's kind of my outlook, especially with track cars, because you never know what can happen at the track. Like your outlook when you're going to the track needs to be like, I'm going to the track today. I'm going to be as safe as possible, but also I'm going to expect that this car might be totaled before I leave here today. So always my recommendation is always keep the two separate. I agree. I agree. If you don't have a choice, if you don't have the space or the funds, then and you want to track your car that you have to drive, I, I would keep it as stock as possible because a stock car isn't likely to break from just basic track work, um, unless you crash it, of course. Um, a stock car can be abused pretty, pretty badly before you fuck it up. Um, and yeah, and and as to, as to the recommendation, like yeah, Z06s are great. I I drove a spec E46 once that wasn't an M3. It was a 330 uh, Turner parts on it in a cage, and it was fun and playful. It had the right amount of power and balance. You could slide it, or you could make it understeer or oversteer with the throttle. It was fantastic. I couldn't. I would say get a 330 a spec uh, E46. Be a really fun track car. Probably pretty yeah, low maintenance. 
Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. And I, I don't want to be too dramatic, but like, if you want to track your daily, do it in a safe environment as possible. So something like SECA track night in America, which is kind of not as aggressive as open track days, is probably fine for your daily driver. But like, if you're going deep into it, second car is always my recommendation. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Vlad would like us to know that uh, the highlight of George Russell's uh, really good Formula One weekend is when he said the food's been really nice uh, for his uh, in his interviews. It's, uh, it's, it's noticeable. <laughs> like, yeah, the different teams I worked with, the type of food that's available is noticeable. So, you know, now I try to highlight that if there's good food. And I'm sure that, like, AMG F1 is, like, you know, has to be the top of the chart. Yeah, I've had the the best team food I had. I I was with Turner at 24 Hours of Daytona. They had a really nice spread going on. And uh, Audi at Sebring, the Audi tent was really, really, really good. They were great. And uh, some of the stuff that was going on at the, uh, was it Acura? Acura's uh, Long Beach Grand Prix setup was pretty good as well. That was very good. Yeah, I was going to bring in the Long Beach, but the I was Long Beach say, Grand Prix. The, the lo- yeah, the actual organization they have their own little thing, and mm-hmm. that's pretty damn nice too. Best trackside food is the sausages at Road America for sure. Those oh, really, yeah. they're, they're legit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that stuff. And I mean, uh, sausages at Road America and fried bologna sandwiches at VIR. Oh, I think I love fried bologna, and VIR is like VIR is my home track, so I'm up there a lot. So fried bologna. My go-to. Fried bologna's G's fuck. Uh, yeah. Francisco wants to know, what parts of the Civic Type R fit the 2020 Honda Accord 1.5T manual? That's a that's a stumper. So Probably not many. There are a few parts that interchange, and unfortunately, I haven't gone deep into the 1.5, but if you search, search go either to my uh, Pressfolio site or just Google Bozy Civic Type R Jalopnik, I actually did a whole story when the Civic Type R came out and when the Accord came out of exactly what interchanges piece by piece between the two engines. So if you uh, if you Google that, you should find it for the two liter turbo and the 1.5 liter, I think is actually even closer, but the Civic Type R is like they're, they're, the block and stuff is based on the same stuff, but they've done actually decently significant work for some of the some of the parts there, and they are different. Even though it's the same displacement, it's turbocharged. Like there are a bunch of pieces that are different, and it's like it's not worthwhile to try to match up the Accord with the parts because there's so many things that you need to change. Yeah, just get a Civic Type R. Yeah, that's like. The Accord, if you like, if you, if you need a sedan like that, it's a perfect sedan. The Civic Type R has a little more power, so it's either like you want this nice sedan drive every day, or you want this kind of boy, you know, more boy racer type deal. Yeah, but this, the new Civic car. Type R, the Type R is like big now. It's got like a real back seat. You can fit yeah. like a four adults in it uh, and go to Costco. The the Civic is the the Accord's biggest problem right now. <laughs> Because there's not not a lot of argument for the Accord because the Civic holds a bunch of people in shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. the Civics. Yeah, the Civic. The Civic is probably you know interior space is probably very close to you know the last generation Accord. Like I, yeah. I don't think there's a big difference. So like if that's the car you need, like and you know like basically if you don't care about how the wing looks and how aggressive it looks, like I would just buy the Civic Type R. Or if you want a con fun car buy the Civic Type R. Like the Accord 2 liter 6 speed is fun, but like it's it's like the Civic Type R, it's not just about the engine, like it's about like the whole front suspension. Like it's yeah. it's really different than any of the other Hondas 
And there's a reason it was developed like that. And there's a reason that the Civic Type R makes more torque than, you know, any of these other cars. Yeah. Uh, Bozy, I'm about to fuck up some Eastern European pronunciation. All right. <laughs> Do you know about the legendary Kragyevak? Okay. Is that, is that Kragyevak? Kragyevats. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Kragliovats. Yeah, to Kilimanjaro sure. expedition with Zastava 101s. I, I have read about it. I have seen pictures. Yeah. Uh, Kragliovats is the city where currently the Fiat 500L is produced. And that factory, before the wars and stuff like that, used to be the Yugo factory. Oh. Or the Yugo was a Zastava product. So that's why the. Uh, the expedition. I think one of the reasons why it started there is because it started from the factory and then went to Kilimanjaro, and I think it took a while. Jay, can you get us some pictures of this? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've, I've read about it, but I am familiar with it. I wonder what what is so legendary, just that they drove really far in some yeah. fairly terrible cars. Pretty much. I mean, you know, drove in you know kind of basic communist era cars for for a very long distance, and you know, made it. When I was in Europe last, I saw something that I believe was called the Scumball Rally, and it was like Tatras and just it had it was all Eastern Bloc cars, uh, you know, decorated terribly with like luggage on the roofs, like gypsy style. Hey, if it works, then uh, yeah, people people find ways to have fun. Oh my God! Look at these terrible fucking cars, bro. These Kragyovak to Kilimanjaro. Look, well, I got to be honest. It looks like there's some hot women that went on this and that they had a good time. But these cars look rough. Yeah. That's 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 basically the cars that you know we had back then. Uh, you know, in the former Yugoslavia when it was communist. You know, back in the seventies and eighties, and there were you know there were some cool models, but there was a, there were there was a lot of kind of communist, very basic transportation that was yeah. based. You know, Fiat cars that were just slightly modified and rebranded re as, you know, Zastavas. Oh, yeah. You know, that front of that, now that you mention it, really is Fiat. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually, that's, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is 100% like a leftover Fiat, isn't it? Like, aren't yeah. they build, they're building leftover like Volkswagens somewhere as something else, right? Correct. I mean, they, they did that. Yeah, they do that in a lot of African countries and they, they still do that in China. Like, the, uh, uh, mid '80s VW Passat, which was called the Quantum, I think, was built with a facelift in China until like the mid 2000s. <laughs> there's still a lot, like I think, African countries that build like '90s VWs with where they basically put like modern headlights on them, but all the rest of the car is the '90s car, like all yeah, the sheet metal. Yeah, yeah. They just put like LEDs inside the old housing. <laughs> <laughs> He's building them because you know they buy the tooling and it's cheap, so you know they can they can do it like that. It's hilarious. Uh, go back, Jay. Let's right. see. I have, I have to huh? make one correction. I'm getting tweets right now. Uh, I misspoke. Uh, the new BMW that's coming is not the M6 GT3. It's the M4 GT3. Oh, so I, I spoke there. Yeah, so it's not. Well, the new M6. M4 is bigger than the old M6. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes I I mix these up, but it's M4 GT3 is the new model, not M6 GT3. Okay, my our bad. The I have the M440 outside as a press car. Did you see it, Jay? Yeah, it's big. I had the M4 when it first came out, so I'm familiar with this. But did you see the new mouth, the beaver mouth? I don't like it. It's heinous looking. I cannot believe it left the design studio looking like this. 
Have you seen the race car? Y'all, y'all, y'all just pull up the M4 GT3 race car. Just look at it because they is highlighted it? the map. Oh, just look no. M4 GT3, just pull it up. You'll see it because they put like lips on it. Like on 2020, that 2021, Jay. M4 GT3, just pull it up. Like, just Google that. You'll no, see the, the pictures. Second. The pictures came with the uh, came up with the old car. Oh, oh yeah. God, it's gone very badly. The girl in red, like they highlighted the worst part. Why uh, 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 would you do this? Like, like who, whose idea was it to put the it red? Looks on? Like it looks like a bloody sure. vagina. Yeah. It's. <laughs> I was gonna say lipstick. It's awful. <laughs> That looks terrible. Although actually, I it looks terrible, but I think it looks worse on the street car I have. It's more. It's even more out of place on the street car. There's chrome on yours, which it's is horrid. Is rough. It's, it's really it's horrid. Yeah. They're like, look at this. Yeah, it's look bad. over here. It's bad. Uh, let's go back, Jay. Give me the thing. The other page. Uh, Bozy Patrick says, "What are the best biscuits within an hour of you in Guilford County?" Biscuit Factory in High Point. That's number one on my biscuit rankings. It's not even a question. All right. Uh, it's featured prominently on your Twitter. Yes. Uh, Clay Day Shoots. What non-performance vehicle do you think you'd have the best chance of turning a better ring time than your average professional racing driver that has no experience? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, okay. Non-performance vehicles that you, that you know so well that you could be better at driving them than a pro. So... Uh, I'm not going to be better. You guys aren't going to be better. A pro, if you give them a few laps or her a few laps, they're going to be better than us no matter what the car is. So, like, it's I, like it's not even a consideration. Like, no matter what I do to a car, if, you know, there's this small box around it, we're not going to be pros. So, like, the pros are going to be faster. It's just, I mean, it's, it's a different mindset. It's, you know, just a different approach. And working with true pros recently, like, I mean, there's there's just no competition. The pros learn way faster. If it yep. takes me 10 laps to get to whatever my best is in a car, a pro could do it in four, you know, mm -hmm. and their best will still be multiple percentage points better than mine, even though they got there way faster. Uh, Ray says, Bozy, what car manufacturers still design and produce a lot of their major mechanical components in-house? Vertical integration. Who is best vertically integration? Vertically integrated. I mean, it's, there's really not a whole lot. Like Tesla does some of their stuff in-house, but even they use you know outside suppliers. It's it's not really advantageous these days to build most of your parts in-house. Like it's better to use tier one suppliers that. They have knowledge of X part. They only build X part and they know how to build it well and they know how to customize it to your needs. So you can just pay them, you know, uh, you know, six digit amount versus spending an eight digit amount over here to build your factory for you to build it on, on your own. So like Tesla has some of, you know, like in-house stuff, but even a lot of their stuff because they don't have huge relationships with tier one suppliers end up ends up coming from like tier two or tier three suppliers so it's not really an advantage like i, I don't see you know the apple model really working in cars i yeah or the seiko model which is a seiko i like seiko because they're vertically integrated that's like they're the only cheap uh cheaper watch company that uh that that is like that mm -hmm. uh Gravity Drift says, what is your favorite K car? 
Mine's the AutoZam AZ1. AutoZam Auto is pretty nice. Uh, I would say oh, that's a really good question. I haven't really thought about that. Uh, I would say it would probably be like a truck or van thing. So maybe, I don't know, something like a Honda Acti or a Subaru Sandbar, something like that. Just, just I would actually like to buy one of those when I have you know time and funds for it. Just have a little K trucklet or van thing. Just basically, you know, go cruise around in and throw stuff in the back. They're awesome. The dude who runs Grid Life has a an Acti City, I think it's called. That's like the minivan, the K minivan, and it absolutely rules. Yeah. Um, and uh, the dude I'm getting my stone from for my new house drives a uh, a flatbed. It's not a flatbed. It's like a utility truck like a mini pickup k car but it's like you know it's got a like a landscaper bed on the back of it kind of thing cool what do you call that what do you call that kind of bed utility body you, i guess steak bed steak bed that's right yeah steak bed sorry thank you um carlos chavez says thoughts on the corolla xrs now that's a fabulous vehicle I love, I love the Corolla XRS. I mean, you got Lotus engine, just in a different spot on the car. And I mean, it's it's kind of a nice, unassuming car for like, you know, somebody that doesn't have a bunch of money to spend, but still wants something that's kind of fun to drive. Six-speed manual, limited slip diff, sports suspension, Lotus engine that revs to 8,500 in a Corolla. It's mad fun, actually. I really enjoyed the last Corolla XRS I drove. Can you get the Matrix with a manual? I like the Matrix SRS too. I yeah, don't know if it I came think, with a manual though. I think they did. Some of them did, but I don't. I don't know if it's exactly the same setup as in the Corolla with all the you know all the stuff inside. But I think there were some Matrix and Vibe Pontiac Vibes with the Vibe. Yeah, yeah, the Vibe. The Vibe. So the Vibe is 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 my uh, template vehicle for crossover or hatchback. So you know, not now everything's being called a hatchback, a crossover, but a lot of them are just really like jacked up hatchbacks. Right. So my scale of whether something is a crossover or a hatchback is if it's smaller than a Vibe, it's a hatchback. It's not a crossover. If it's bigger than a Vibe, it can be counted as a, as a crossover. Right. So like a Mazda CX-3 is probably a hatchback and not a crossover. Yeah. And like uh, like a, a BMW X2 and like all these oh. other cars are like. Some of them are like, even though some all almost all of like the smaller compact subcompact crossovers are smaller in length and width than the Vibe, but some of them are, are even smaller in height. So like the Vibe <laughs> hatchback had you know more ground clearance and more height than things that are called you know crossover SUVs now. That's hilarious. The um, <laughs> the 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 crossoverification of of everything, but without acknowledging the hatchbacks they came that came before yeah, it's yeah. just like how can i fit 20s on this little tiny hatchback pretty much yeah, yeah. so so i i, I kicked off my uh, i paused press cars for a while just because i was busy with racing but i kicked the back off a couple of weeks ago and i i just got the uh mazda 3 turbo hatch and that's oh. that's a really fun car like i i Magnus actually, had that the other day yeah, I'm actually, I can imagine Magnus Walker in a Mazda. I swear to God, he brought it up to the Get out on Zoom Zoom. He brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> he really did, and it was, and it was cool. It's, it's, a, it's a, like a really fun little car. Like, it's got the same, you know, that same turbo motor out of the Mazda 6. It's all-wheel drive, and it has, like, okay-ish tires on it. But, like, the interior is, like, really nice for, you know, a little hatch. And I fit... So this this shelving unit behind me, yeah. I, I got that in IKEA. I think it's it's like seven feet tall. I was able to fit that inside the car and bring it. Nice. Bring it. 
Yeah. So like it's it's like you know it's a nice car. The only thing is, it would be nice if it was like three or four grand cheaper. So like the one I have has everything on it, and it's like thirty five, a little over thirty five k. Like oh. if it was thirty thirty one, it would be nice, but. 35k gets you you know a lot of other cars that's a lot of money for a mazda 3 yeah straight up but the cx the cx5 is still my favorite car to rent when i travel i try to rent a cx5 they're nice good steering see see, i live i live the team life so we get team vehicles so it's either see our standard is the grand caravan which the grand caravan is nice and I'm not saying that it'll do front wheel burnouts, but it may do front wheel burnouts. And then uh, the upgrade sometimes we get is the Pacifica. So like that's like my, most of my track experiences are either Grand Caravan or Pacifica. <laughs> we well we did performance van of the year last year at a uh, road and track, and the the Caravan Sport did beat the Pacifica around Thunderhill and I the mean, Sienna. It can, it can go because it doesn't have any of those like stability aids. Yeah. So it's wide open so like however far you want to take it it'll go and like yeah, the sienna would have beat it but you got you couldn't disable stability control all the yeah. way it kept coming back on <laughs> and there's yeah there's a fuse on the grand caravan allegedly that you can pull it'll cut off the front wheel speed sensors so the the ecu doesn't know that the wheels are spinning <laughs> so you can you know go go on the gas and it'll do burnouts and won't complain because there's no system to tell you that it's you're not not supposed to do burnouts this sounds ideal. I must know about this sensor. It's nice. <laughs> uh, last question. This is actually a very good one. Bozy, can you talk more about what separates a pro driver's mentality from amateur or casual drivers? What lessons could the average track day bro learn and apply from a pro driver? Great question. That's a good question. So first, that's probably a better question to ask a pro because most of the pros that I know and most of the pros I've worked with, they're not just pro drivers. Because of the, the nature of the business these days, most of these guys have a second, sometimes a third job, unless they're like at the highest level of being a factory pro. So for most of these people, these men and women that drive professionally, their second job is usually as a uh, driving instructor. So they instruct, sometimes they instruct just regular people like us, but in a lot of cases, they instruct amateur drivers that compete in sports car series. So like that's where a good question there would be is to you know ask these people what do you show these amateur drivers to help make them faster this my second point is that a lot of this stuff you kind of have to be born for it or you have to do it from a very young age because like me just what i notice in these people is a lot of times you have to have first you have to be able to focus on what you're doing and second you have to have a lack of fear in some cases and i think that develops from you know, starting first from just being born with that nature to try to tackle, you know, things that seem dangerous. And second, from starting, you know, getting into a race car at a young age and then practicing and practicing and practicing. So at a young age, you're able to learn, you know, what a race car is doing, what the limits are and kind of lose that sense of fear to an extent. And then from there, I mean, it's it's like any other athlete, like even if you have all of those components, if you're not built for it. If you haven't trained for it over the years, no matter how little fear you have and how much car control you have, if your body isn't trained for it and your mind isn't trained for it, like you're never going to get there. So like me or you or anybody else that hasn't done that professionally for years is not going to do it the same way. Like me and you can walk on in, onto an NBA basketball game, 
get training, you know, for a month or two and then try to compete against those people. It's just, it's, it's a different level of athlete that, you know, has trained for something all their life, has a different skill set and, you know, something different that they were born with. I agree. All those things. Being starting when you're very young, that helps. Being kind of fearless, super helps. Being a good student, like that helps. Being disciplined, that all helps. Um, you know, the pro drivers I've met aren't and hung out with aren't typically superhuman. They just are a little less afraid than I am and very well practiced and well trained and well, you know, well coached and a lot of seat time. You know, no one's nobody's born with the ability to drive. Everybody's taught. So so it's it's get get a good teacher and uh, and then practice what they tell you, you know? It's it starts with talent, but it's a lot of practice and a lot of fitness. I mean, people people see these drivers go out there and they think, well, you know, they probably drove some time in the simulator, but these people have a strict diet every day. They have exercise, usually, you know, sometimes a couple of times a day. Like it's a very pro athlete lifestyle and that's all they're focused on. Like that's that's their main yeah. focus. Like it's 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 a complete lifestyle. Keeping other people out of your head too. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence. Straight confidence. That's awesome, man. Well, fo- you should definitely follow Bozy both on Twitter and Instagram. It's th- it's the Bozy on Twitter, right? No, no, it's it's all no. Bozy. It's all Bozy Tatarovich. Yeah, just- oh, it is. Okay, cool. You centralized. Yeah. yeah, everything. So if you just start searching for Bozy on any platform now, I'm usually like the first or second person that pops up. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely the most famous Bozy on most platforms. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember <laughs> talked about this at dinner once because i had all these different screen names for all these platforms and you were like you know it's much better to have kind of you know just the same name across everything and then some other friends suggested you know maybe it'd be nice you know to do it i was like you know my name's complicated to spell but then i realized like that might actually be helpful because like there's no other bozies that are you know people are going to search for so you know if you start searching bozy t i'm usually the first one that pops up and people know to look for you know for you know bozy tatarovich on you know both platforms and you know wherever else i may pop up all yeah all you need is for the first half of autofill i think i've quadrupled or quintupled the amount of twitter followers since the last time i was on oh show. good nice 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 the uh someone approached me on it someone sent me an email yesterday and said i have i have available for sale the instagram name matt would you like to buy it at Matt? Yeah, at Matt. And I said, I just said no, but I don't even know why I didn't ask how much they wanted. I was, I was curious. They must have. I mean, you must. What, yeah. what, it's got to be. It's got to be millions, yeah. millions, yeah, it's it's, millions it's of dollars. You should email back. Be like, I have five grand that I can offer. <laughs> WCCS.com was five grand. That's not bad. It's I mean, not for four, four, four letter name. Starting with W. Four letters starting with W is because W is like, think about TV stations, right? Or yeah, radio yeah. stations. Is it yeah. K is radio, W is TV. No, it's uh, they're both backwards. K and W, but it's uh, the dividing line is the Mississippi River. Get the fuck yeah, out of so here. So where is that we grew true? up, they were all W's, and out here, they're all K's. No way. Yeah, I swear to God. Oh. Story. I didn't they're know that at all. Yeah. yeah. All the local so TV it's, is So KTLA out here, and it was WPIX at home. It literally has never occurred to me that it was divided that way, yeah. ever. Oh, I've learned it's like Hellman's and Best Foods. Ha! You just taught Bozy something. <laughs> yeah, good job, good job. See, you, you, you provided a benefit because I, I know you. You invited the TV guy. What are you gonna get? 
Oh nice. man. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you centralized uh, power uh, on one inst- on one handle. That's good for you. And I'm and I'm glad your brother is really looking very fit and is in between the G T and L portions of his day. <laughs> is that? <laughs> His, 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 yeah, he's been, he's been training. So we actually, we set up like a little mini gym at our garage. So we have like old tires and all this other stuff. So we just train like, like we, the we, old country. You just throw yeah. trash around. Yeah. Like all this other random stuff that we just built up so we can train so we can do it on our own. And, uh, it, it works out. So he like, like, you know, like I do stuff in the morning for like some of the stuff I do with some of the other industries I work in. And he's like, just chilling at the bar downstairs with the blanket on like trading stocks I'm like all right cool you know it's it's nice seems like you guys got it figured out man you guys got yeah. it i hope when i hope when we can travel again uh recreationally that you uh that you come out to los angeles and spend some time with us at the shop because Definitely. i think you would find it very interesting we've got some weird ass cars in this bitch <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm sure you could just like open it up at like six in the morning and just leave me in there for you know ten hours and I'll just wander and then we can go to dinner. You know, that's yeah, totally yeah, fine. We can do that. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. If you need somewhere to keep it. your car, wccs.com. There you go. Yeah. Top of my list. Absolutely. I'll see you on Twitter, Bose. It's, it was good having you here, man. Uh, we'll uh, appreciate the invite, man. Hopefully, yeah, we we'll see man. each other. Absolutely. Tell your brother uh, to take care of himself better than he even has been so far. And uh, I hope that Lexus fucking gets some podiums next year. I can't wait to see it. I'm looking forward to it. My best to Hannah and the cats. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) The cats will be good. There will be updates on Instagram soon. Bozy on the Smoking Tire Podcast. Well, thank you all for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thank you for your donations and your super chat questions. And we will see you guys later on our next show. Peace.